This podcast is presented by Rabbi Peretz Munchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. What's up, guys? Uh, welcome to the Rabbi Peretz podcast. I got some of my great friends here, Ari and Sandra. Welcome. Thank you, Rabbi. Thanks. It's really good to see you. Well, I'm doing this uh, 40 podcast for my 40th birthday. Um, I was hoping to do it in time for my birthday, but hey, you know, uh, it'll it, it's happening around my birthday time. And the idea was was that I was just telling you that 40 is a gift given to me, and uh, I have to make sure I, I, I use it correctly. Essentially, the Jews have a lot of 40. They have 40 years in the desert. They have 40 years till studying Kabbalah. They have uh, 40 quarts of water for a mikvah. So I was thinking, man, that, that's gotta, it's got to mean something. I can't let this be another birthday. Um, and not just because like, oh, decade or time or getting older, but like simply like I can't waste this opportunity. There's got to be an opportunity here. And the opportunity I got to was 40 is referred to in Kabbalah as Bina. And Bina is where you integrate the wisdom, where you could define what's happening. And there's no better way to define what's happening in my life, in Judaism, than with people who are in my life already and already learn with me and connect with me. So I just want to thank you guys uh, preemptively for coming on and processing with me, being 40 and learning and being a rabbi and and having this relationship. Of course. <laughs> so tell me, uh, we the world should know that we lived in San Francisco with Sandra. And uh, when Sandra met Ari and Ari said he was from Boston, I was like all into it because I grew up a Red Sox fan from Boston. So, uh, well, we're Western Massachusetts. So it was such a, I was like, of course you went for somebody from uh, my uh, sports neck of the woods. Um, and then you were, lived in Brooklyn and now you're in Texas and you got to Texas before everybody else did relative to the pandemic <laughs> moving there. So tell us, how's this journey from East Coast meeting West Coast marriage, getting into there? Let's see you guys hash it out in lifetime. Like, what's it like being in Texas together? Absolutely. Well, it's special being here with you. Uh, I think we told you previously, I actually had to meet you before I met Sandra's parents. So... <laughs> Right, our first you guys, our first Rosh Hashanah that that we were celebrating together while we were still dating was by you guys in San Francisco, and and I think that was a true test uh, of the relationship. Sandra said, if he doesn't get along over over Rosh Hashanah, if he doesn't get along with Rabbi, uh, and then it's not going to work. So so you know you you have kind of bookended our relationship from kind of the starting of the relationship when we were still court when I was still courting her and we were still dating to actually marrying us uh, underneath the chuppah in Boston later and kind of court and bookended it from the East Coast and West Coast perspective met in the West Coast and bookended it by getting married in the East Coast as well. Take me back to that Rosh Hashanah. What was about that Rosh Hashanah? Do you remember that first one in the North Beach when uh, when you came? And set your eyes on your loved one's rabbi. For me, at least, and then I'd love to hear yours as well, uh, was to see how ingrained Sandra was in the Jewish community, how special it was for her. Uh, Judaism was always special for me growing up. And then, you know, coming in and wanting to spend not only the prayer services, but also the meals with you guys and the conversations and just the spending time within the Jewish community, thinking about Judaism, thinking about the new year, uh, was something that I think set our relationship on the right trajectory. Well, Sandra was such a huge part of our community and of the learning groups and the com- and the conversation. She was there 
and uh, was such a big part of our life then. Sandra, what was it like then dating somebody from outside uh, the, the community and the neighborhood, but finding that right guy, bringing him in to meet your, quote, family community in San Francisco? Take me back to those times. Yeah, it's, it's really sweet looking back on it. Um, I remember planning our trip and immediately another community member offered his apartment to us. So left his apartment, left Ari and I with the keys. And like Ari said, there was just one really big hill <laughs> to walk down and walk up to get to Lombard Street where your Chabad house was. And so immediately felt welcome back at, once we had moved from San Francisco to stay there. And then it was just really special seeing everyone again. I think you had 70 to 100 people at any given meal during that, that Rosh Hashanah. And so it was really sweet seeing everyone. And, and I think it was like a perfect fit to have Ari meet everyone. I think you even saw some familiar faces because our Jewish circles had crossed in the past. past. And, and what I remember from that Rosh Hashanah is just like it culminated my San Francisco experience with you. You always encouraged us to take out of whatever prayers it was, whatever holiday it was, what was most meaningful to us and just find how Judaism resonates with where we're at. And you always met us where we're at. And so I just, I really miss that. And it was so special having Ari there to experience that. Well, you know, I, I always got the feeling from, from you, Sandra, and, and then also Ari was that you guys had so much of your Judaism, like down pat, like you knew the type of Jews you wanted to be and you knew the type of Judaism you were into. And it was a little intimidating, I'll, I'll be honest, because in San Francisco, most people don't think about Judaism, what they want out of it. It's more like, okay, I guess I have Judaism in my background. The majority of people who came to our community were not looking for Jewish experiences, but you know, with my charm and Miriam's good looks, we we really were able to yeah. prevail. So I, 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 you were like, um, like a sort of like, different than everyone else in the sense of there were only a handful of people like you out of the, yes, it's right. Almost every meal we threw for the, like five years at that time was 70 to hundred people. And they were amazing and epic and we built amazing relationships, but there were only a handful of people who like were in the midst of truly cultivating a deep Jewish identity that was already part of them. Like I wasn't, I can't take credit for the type of Jews you both are and the type of special uh, connection you have to your heritage and to the spirituality that you possess. You guys clearly came from homes and backgrounds that enabled you to feel like you can, you could reach those uh, heights. So I, I, I actually never got to ask you like, what was it like being part of a community like San Francisco, which was very different in a way than your own sensibilities, but you know, you never, you never hoisted on anybody. You had such patience and such like uh, such a great experience uh, that we had together. So I just uh, would love to hear some of your recollections and and like uh, process some of that with you. Yeah, well, I remember that you would you called the communities a hoot, which meant identity, and so I really took that to heart and thought, how is Judaism part of my identity and how has it evolved over the years? And that's when I really realized like, it really is a part of me and what am I doing to satisfy that? And just reflecting on your earlier question of how has our journey been? What is it like being in Texas? In Texas, where, we're at, where we live, it's not very Jewish at all. And now being parents and wanting our son to really feel this strong Jewish connection that we felt and like have his zahoot have his Jewish identity really be a part of him. If you, if someone walks through our house, they might say it's too much that on any given wall, there's a different Jewish artwork. We make sure every door has a mezuzah and we're in a five bedroom, you know, cause we're here in Texas and it's not New York. And so we really just 
want to ensure that we are taking the parts of Judaism that we love most and that it's not lost on Adam that he's just part of this really great special community and with, you know with all these traditions. I was always um, blown away by your ability to take the ideas that we were discussing as community and then to personalize them and put them into action. Just, you know, uh, uh, people aren't aren't fully aware of what you're saying. You're just you you're, you don't just have things on your walls and mezuzahs on your doors like you really intentionally created a life with your husband that, you know, gives you a sense of pride in who you are. And I think that's just uh, not just in a wonderful part of who you guys are, but that's like really the lesson of what people learn from you when they get to meet you guys. It's like we live with pride and that's how we live with joy. and That's how we sustain this life. And, uh, and I'm always inspired by, by uh, your ability to have been able to integrate that. And now that you're doing it in Texas, I think what you're saying is, is like you can't take it for granted. Even if you, you were definitely not taking it for granted before, it's not your personality, but you definitely can't now in an environment that's totally different from where you're from and how you grew up. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's about encompassing it in the multitudes of Judaism whether it be the spirituality of it, whether it be the, the scripture, whether it be charity and tzedakah and making that a big aspect of, of bringing him up, whether it be that he sees us being active in charities or the actual act of him putting coins in a tzedakah box before he understands really the concept, but getting into the practice of it and having that be part of his upbringing uh, to Israel being a part of his life in Zionism and, and the Holy Land, you know, whether it be, pictures around the house, whether it be songs that we sing, which are, you know, back from the old Zionist camp that I went to or, or anything else. It's, it's not only encompassing him in one aspect of Judaism in our house in one aspect of Judaism. It's all these different aspects of Judaism that create that, that, that identity. And, and I think that's one of the most fun aspects for me is surrounding all of that uh, in a new place, surrounding him and us with all that. Wow. I, I'm, I'm interested, though, like how have you and what have you done to like be, do that life outside the home? I know in the home you guys clearly have this incredible vision, but like what's it like outside the home, especially in Texas um, with your son? I'm, assu I'm you, You've told me that you know, your son's not necessarily in the most Jewish school and, and there's mm -hmm. like so many different elements that you navigate that maybe in New York or California are easier. So how's how so there's like the individual part. I you guys have it so down. What's the collective part down? Like how do you how do you integrate in society with uh, with uh, with your identity so so uh, beautiful and so deep? Like now he's two. He's starting to pick up things more. We're starting to yeah. converse with him more. So he's really starting to get it. And it really came to light during the last winter time when everyone was celebrating their holidays. And I realized that nothing was going on for Hanukkah at his school. And so they're bringing it, they're hiring people during COVID to go into classes to celebrate other holidays. And so when I asked, can I please go to my son's school and do a Hanukkah celebration? I really want him to experience this joy with his friends. And they said, parents aren't allowed in the class. <laughs> and so I said, great, I'll hire someone from the community then. And then, um, and then it worked out that they let me come in and we read Hanukkah books and we played with Hanukkah toys like you know, they, they were passing around candles and just experiencing what a menorah and what a candle felt like. And we were singing songs and dancing. And I think he was just really excited to, to have me in his class. And now, now they don't know that there are so many Jewish holidays and now I want to go for every Jewish holiday. 
but I, I it's just continuing to talk about it with him. And recently we were in LA in a, in a Jewish area and he points to a kid and screams out Kipa. Wow. And I think the kid was a little scared and <laughs> not knowing, you know, is this a good Kipa shout out or a bad Kipa shout out? But just for him to be out and, and recognize something that we talk about here because we don't wear kippas, we, you know, and so, but he recognized that because it's in our life enough, what is really meaningful. But yeah, our challenge here now that we don't live in, in LA or in New York is just to every day think about how are we introducing it to him because he's not currently getting it at Jewish school. Hopefully within the next couple of months, we'll switch, but it's it's an everyday challenge that we but think it's, about. It's also an opportunity, right? Because it doesn't become comfortable. So you can't relax into it. It forces you to be more mindful with your knowledge mm -hmm. and your celebration of it that forces greater appreciation. Uh, I know for me, some of my favorite hol Jewish holidays weren't in the New Yorks or LA's, but it was in Shanghai, China, when there's a Jewish community of 20, because you have to be so much more concentrated and focused and present. And that's what you brought to him in school. You brought Hanukkah to a non-Jewish environment and allowed him to be a proud Jew in that environment, celebrate it, share it, and then be that much more thoughtful on what it means to be Jewish and to celebrate that holiday versus sitting in the Jewish school, half paying attention to a Hanukkah celebration. Mm -hmm. You felt you brought that focus, attention, and spirituality to him in a much more powerful way, in my opinion. You guys are great. This is so special. I think it's- You should have just seen the, the couple days before I went to the Hanukkah celebration at a school. I'm like sitting with a curriculum. I'm running it past Ari. We're, we're role-playing different scenarios all for, for 15 two-year-olds. So yeah, it definitely takes a strong partnership. It definitely, like we're, we realize it really does take two Jewish parents to yeah. raise Jewish kids with that strong identity. Yeah, that's so great. I mean, I, I was thinking about it. Um, I was like, what are we going to talk about? I was like, well, we have to talk about you guys being in Texas. There are so many people moving around these days and they have to just hear a couple that's doing it. They're like in the midst of doing it. And I was like, you know, it actually fits entirely with uh, Sandra's like, Parrots, when are you starting a weekly Torah portion class that I could be, you know, be involved in? And, 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 and that was it. It woke me up. Okay, I'm going to do that. And the reason why I'm going to do it is because it's not so much about the text-based learning for my community, but it is about knowing that the ideas that are happening week to week and, and month to month and year to year are part of the Jewish fabric and, and part of the Jewish narrative. So just for example, this week's portions of Vayakel Pekude are all about the ideas of the collective versus the individual and how the collective is all about deeds and action and charity but the collective is really more than that. It's about how we integrate into outside of our home environments and how we understand that the Jewish journey was going to take us not just to the Holy Land, but was going to take us to the world and take us really out of our comfort zone of just doing everything the way we want to do it. So how are we going to be an asset to the collective? And then, of course, there's the individual. Even as an individual, there's a form of charity and giving of like, how am I nurturing myself and how am I growing? And there's something to being in a place like Texas where the collective and the individual are sort of morph into each other, where you have to be intentional about your individual home because you can't take it for granted, uh, uh, building that environment. And your culture and then you also need the collective of like you have to roll your sleeves up and go to the school and put on your teacher's hat that you never thought you'd put on teaching toddlers and 
bring you know some of the love because if your son doesn't see it and as well if his class doesn't have warm memories of it you know where where are we going to go with our future so it's so timely as it always is to to talk about these things so if anybody out there is like really thinking like well what's it like moving somewhere and not having community well the answer is uh, what i'm getting from you guys is you got to roll your sleeves up you got to do something about it you got to make it happen in your own home am i uh, summing this up correctly I think it's you have to create it in your own home and you have to create it in the community and you have to bring the intention to it and the attention isn't going to come as naturally, but it gives you the opportunity to, to think about it and, and, and focus on it in a much more powerful way. Yeah, and just remember to have fun with it. Yeah. I think when we get busy at work, I catch myself thinking that, you know, I have to go buy Hala because it's Shabbat. And then I, I see it as another to do, but then just reminding ourselves, like, this is something that we have to have fun with. We get to go have buy Hala to celebrate Shabbat with Adam. And so just, yeah, just trying to see the joy in everything. I love that. Well, I, you know, I'm into that theme with the holiday of Purim coming up and my birthday being a Purim holiday. Um, if you can't have fun with it, 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 it's the sustainability is going to be super challenging. And, and a big part of the Jewish people being able to sustain themselves is joy. It's very easy for people to say, well, we, you know, we, we survived. It's a miracle. But people don't survive just because they're resilient and strong. They also survive because they're excited. They celebrate life. And we got to celebrate life one way or the other. And you're right. When you, when you activate that, you stop being lazy. You get very excited to celebrate these ideas. Uh, just to bring up quickly before we finish our, uh, our conversation and our public display of affection here for each other. Um, uh, Sandra, you are, you are uh, from Iran, which makes the Purim story closer to your heritage. And I think it's worth bringing it up because the heroine of the Purim story is the beautiful Iranian queen, Esther, who uh, in biblical times was the last really great canon of Jewish books, was really attributed to her uh, prophecy and her vision. So, uh, you know, Ari will confirm with me, but I think there's a big part of the home and, and the schooling is, is so much. I'm sure Ari's of great support, but I think it's your queen, your vision, your your prophecy to really bring it to the table. So uh, so tell me just for one second, like, how do you how do you integrate um, this experience of you being from such a strong heritage and having such a strong identity when you're when you're in Texas and meeting new people like what's what's your go to like thought process of being in a new place and maintaining this celebration and joy for life. It comes from a place of learning and education and spirituality and positivity from growing up. You know, I grew up going to Jewish camp. I grew up and went to Israel and, and you need to bring that and make that part of your identity. And, you know, my family's been in America for a few more years than, than Sandra's. And it, it certainly has a uh, more bland taste in food. I'll give you that for sure. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's about encompassing the Jewish identity in, in every way you can. And one of the great things about Judaism is you can encompass it in the different ways that you feel um, most passionate about and make yourself a well-rounded Jew uh, there within, whether it's food, right? Whether it's spirituality, whether it's Sadaka, whether it's Israel, what, there's so many ways to wrap yourself in the joy of Judaism that allows you to bring that positivity and that spirituality and allows you to have those conversations with others in a non-Jewish community. I just think that it's a great opportunity to, to, for Adam to see that we are connected to these stories. And just speaking about our San Francisco community, 
someone this past month from the community sent us a Purim book for Adam and he's just so into it, just reading all about Esther and, and how she was a hero. And you're right, I probably should talk more and remember more that it is a story that happened in Iran and those are my roots and and it's really special. And here we try to have a, a good mix of, of cultured friends and it shouldn't be lost on us that you know, we have Ukraine and Eastern Europe and Iran and Iraq in our, in, in our family. And they have such great stories coming from those places. Yeah. I mean, we, we're, we're multifaceted people and we just have to constantly find, you know, different layers of reason to celebrate and enjoy this heritage that we have, you know, we're in an age of ancestral healing and traumas and, 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 and having to make sense of the baggage we carry. And that's mm -hmm. because we have the time and the abundance to do that. We have this special opportunity to unpack a lot of our heritage. A lot of our heritage has not been unpacked over the years simply because people have not had the time and the ability. You guys are both professionals working, you know, big, important, I don't want to say corporate, but corporate jobs of, uh, um, so, you know, taking care of yourselves and you make the time to get on this podcast, to do learning, to do your rituals. Like, I think it's a, it's a real source of inspiration for anyone of any culture to meet, to meet, uh, quote, a normal couple who, uh, you know, don't worry, I won't curse you with being normal, but nevertheless, a normal couple means people who are working hard to build a life and, uh, and make a future. And at the same time, you know, making the time for your roots and for who you are. And I think that's a, that's a tremendous source of pride that should be shared as much as possible. So that's why I feel so comfortable encouraging it to you guys, because yeah. it's such an important part of this experience is, is really getting people to do this themselves. If there was anything that I saw about the community well, when we were in San Francisco was constantly trying to get people to host with their friends and to spend time with them and encourage them to do it on their level. And that's really what uh, I take so much uh, pride from, hearing you guys do that yourselves now in your community. And it's not just me, it's from your families, it's from your backgrounds, but um, collectively, that's what we're here to do, that when we build our individual joy of who we are, then we could go out and, and contribute to the collective. And that's what you're doing for your son. And that's the most amazing part. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is nuts when you just stop and think about how that's where our family comes and how much they overcame to still you know, continue their Judaism. And here we are and it, the tradition links haven't broken and it's up to us to just continue and it's, it's probably a lot easier being Jewish yeah. in Texas than it is being in Jewish in Iran or Ukraine or Russia or Poland or and Iraq. They did so, it, and so, so we, we need to, to continue yeah. exactly. We need to continue it on for, for the eight for the generations to come. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, I just wanna give you guys a blessing to feel the sense of strength and empowerment and celebration and spirituality, and more importantly, that confidence that you guys exude for being able to do this. Uh, I know it comes with a lot of hard work, and you guys should be blessed to be able to do it for many, many years to come. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. Always good speaking with you. Thanks for joining a little bit and sharing a little bit of your story. I hope uh, there are people out there who take a sense of confidence that they could go out and try some places to live and be a source of light in their communities and uh, great Yasher Koch and uh, strength to you guys. Amen. Yes. If anyone's ever in Austin, you know who to call. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining. Thank you so much, Rabbi.
Ali Adi, Shepem Parti, Venis Mechavina Gila. 